Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business Indaba podcast. We are the voice of African family business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies. And my name is Susan Tendi. And I am Nika Amani. And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to African Women in Family Business Conference, day three, session three. Um, this afternoon, we're joined by the uh, Miss Annette Kimite, and we'll be having her share her story on her personal journey into the family business and really just spotlighting her family business, Sanaka Group. Annette is the managing director of Sanaka East Africa which is a leading provider of security solutions across the East African region. So you're welcome, Annette. Thank you so much, Nike and Titi, and an amazing job organizing an uh, amazing conference, the Phoenix Conference. And I'm really honored to be a part of it. Um, As you've heard, my name is Annette Kimite, and I'm the Managing Director of Seneca East Africa. So Sanaka East Africa is a private security company. We're operating across the East African region and we offer a variety of security solutions right from man guarding to security technology to training, risk management and consultancy. Uh, So we cut across and we cut across also various business sectors. Um, We are very big in the aviation security space We are also very big in uh, hospitality sector, institutions of higher learning. And and this has been great, but equally uh, affected by COVID-19 last year. Uh, You can imagine the impact that COVID-19 had on the aviation sector, the hospitality sector and learning institutions. But nevertheless, we are essential services. So as a private security company, we continued even when everybody else was either home uh, on, on, on lockdown or on quarantine or in isolation. And along the way, of course, uh, also some of our officers were affected. We thank God we didn't have any casualties, but uh, because of the nature of their jobs, they're very high contact in terms of receiving guests, uh, uh, going through uh, or searching luggage, their risk and exposure was also pretty high. So other than that, Seneca is a family business, uh, which was started 19 years ago by my father, who's uh, the founder and chairman. And uh, he started the business with his wife, my mother, uh, Naomi, who was working in government. And I was also in university. Um, and, And during my internships, I would be able to join the company, but it was very small at that time. And I really accredit a lot to my father because as a man, he empowered his, all, his, all his women because his wife and uh, his three daughters, we all work in the business in various capacities. And, um, you know, when we were in university, all of us studied different things. I don't know how the situation is in whichever African country you're from, but, you know, uh, growing up, uh, security was not an ideal job for most of uh, us when we were youthful. Uh, it's not like our fathers. When our fathers were growing up, everyone wanted to be a policeman, a teacher, or a nurse. By the time I was growing up, people wanted to be aeronautical engineers and work in NGO space. And for me, that's that's what I wanted to do in law. So I, I thought I was only going to help just assist and be busy during internship. But what happened is I totally fell in love with an industry because it's an industry full of opportunities, full of challenges too, but lots more uh, opportunities. So my journey started in a very humble way. I would go intern and mostly work in the file room. So I know many family uh, business members when you're asked to go into the registry and clean up files, it sounds a bit insulting, but 
I, I actually pride myself in that because that's how I knew how to draft, you know, a letter. Uh, that's how I knew how to write an introduction letter to a client. That's how I knew how to do a promotion letter to an employee. And that's actually how I ended up choosing my first career, which was in HR, was by virtue of being in registry. Having gone through most of the records kind of gave me that confidence in being able to um, uh, take up higher positions. As I finished my internship, the company was at different levels. So as I was interning, my father started very humble. He's, he was working in, in, in the government. He worked for many years in police uh, is when he got the interest uh, of, of, of starting a security company. And his journey is such that he started the security company, another company before that. Um, but because he was still working in government and they were allowed to start companies, he could not run that business. So he let a friend um, run the business for him. So he put in the investment. But what happened two years later, after he had referred many of these uh, clients to this uh, partner, is that he was thrown out of, of that business. And, you know, he had to start all over again from scratch. But along his career, he was uh, dealing in uh, posts and telecommunications. He was also working with Interpol. He really got a wide um, experience as particularly to how security companies are run and the risks. So eventually he resigned from government and he started very humbly because remember he had lost most of his money and actually most of his investment in the previous venture, but he didn't give up. So when he started that, um, it, it, the company actually started with four security officers, just four guards. So we always joke with him and tell him that, you know, at that time, he was the supervisor, he was a marketer, he was the accountant, and he was everything virtually. And God forbid, if an officer was sick and could not report on duty, he was the security officer. So because in security, we always say no vacuum, that there is no gap left. So even if I'm a manager and even in my capacity currently as a managing director, if there is a vacancy and there isn't a replacement, I should stand in and so should any of my managers to ensure that there's no vacuum. So uh, chairman, or rather dad, as we call him, uh, chairman, everyone calls him chairman, including my, my own children, they call him chairman. And uh, it's just by virtue of the people we interact with and he's chairman of various boards. Started at a very humble level. So from four security officers, the company grew to around 100 security officers. And of course the work became overwhelming. And I do recall us buying our first bicycle. That was a really big deal. Just getting, acquiring our first bicycle. Uh, that's around the year 2004. And you know, nowadays you have vehicles all over, but at that time a bicycle was a real investment. And then slowly we got into motorbikes. We got our own offices. And believe it or not, he actually started the, the company in his car. He, he, he had a car which was uh, having the cash box. That's where the money was kept, what you collect, the salaries that you pay out. That's where the uniforms were. Those were that's where the records uh, of the company were. And, and the funny thing about that car, because I remember it as, as a young girl, is that it, it couldn't even lock. It didn't have a lock. But I guess because it's very tall and it looks very policeman-like, uh, nobody ever tried to tamper with it. So in 2004, the business transitioned now to uh, more clients, more business, and we soon started hiring professionals, an accountant here, a receptionist there, a driver. And within no time, we actually became uh, the biggest company uh, offering government security to, uh, or rather the contracted company for most government parastatals. So that at this point is when I joined full-time, I was able to finish my studies in university and I joined full-time as an, as an HR clerk. And that's why I was mentioning that my first real experience in the family business was working in registry. Prior to that, way, way prior to that, uh, because Nikke mentioned that it's my personal journey. I always think back and we did have other family businesses outside security before, 
And I always remember the story of the little red kiosk. When I was in high school, my parents started a kiosk or just a shop outside our home. And when we were kids, we really considered it a prison because it was the neighborhood shop. And you know, at that time when you're teenagers, you just want to go out and, and, and hang out with your friends. But because of this shop, it was literally a prison. You had to be there morning, day and night. And I remember the first two times they fully stocked up the, the kiosk or the shop, we just ran it down because we didn't know the personal discipline of not giving your friends uh, candy and not giving your friends soda. But along the way, we also got to learn business skills of the money that comes in, that is what is going to buy you stock. And even as you buy stock, you can't buy too much stock because if you buy too much milk or too much bread, it will go bad in a day or two. So I, I want to accredit the fact that despite Sanaka being uh, the more established uh, organization, the truth is we had seven other businesses from a butchery to uh, lorries and trucks doing business that most of them just collapsed uh, along the way. And part of the reasons they collapsed is because it was virtually a side hustle. So there wasn't a lot of attention given to these businesses. They were not run professionally. And along the way, uh, we lost. But what we gained more was the business skills, how to interact with a client, how to hire an employee, how to keep a valuable employee, how to grow with the company, how you grow with those employees. And, and I accredit uh, uh, that journey and that history to the growth that we've experienced as, as Sanaka. So fast forward to uh, around 2004, 2006, the company was really big. As I mentioned, we were the company managing, I think the biggest parastatals, government parastatals in the country, name them. Um, but one of the challenges we had at that time was that most of the government contracts, I don't know how they are in your countries, but most of the government contracts uh, that are in Kenya are very competitive, particularly in pricing. So unfortunately the rates are very low. So what happens with a very low rate is that the quality uh, of the security services you're offering are also really brought down. Again, unfortunately, government sometimes isn't the best payer. So despite the fact that they pay very low rates, they also pay very late. So our cash flow was really strained as a business where we are expected to pay our security officers in time. We are supposed to procure uniforms and make sure the officers are always looking right. But because of the cash flow strain, we were not able to do that. And that now made us as a family sit and think. And at, at this time, uh, my, I was working in the business. Uh, my, my father, as the founder, was now the managing director. And my mother had joined the business as the general manager. And I had become an, uh, HR, an HR assistant manager. So what we decided was to completely change the business model from 100% reliance on government contracts and venture more into private sector, whether it's SMEs, because that sector was really growing in Kenya. And that's how the business now started transitioning uh, from very low paying clients who are paying very late to a little better. Uh, along the way, we also got um, challenges because maybe some of the customers that we were approaching were more international clients. And for that reason, they also wanted to associate with an international brands, the international security brands uh, that are available. So for example, you know, like G4S is a very big brand across the African continent and across the world. So we'd reach a point where we'd always have a roadblock, which is you're just not international enough, if you understand what I mean. And it really got hard for us to be able to break through that ceiling of very good companies in the private sector uh, that were paying good rates, paying on time and valued quality security. So during this time, we made another, I would call big mistake uh, in our journey, which uh, again, turns out still to be a blessing in disguise. So as a family, we said, uh, let's give up majority shareholding, majority uh, decision-making management uh, and, and control, 
to an international investor. So we found, uh, as we were looking around for partners, we got a European partner from Ireland and um, the partner from Europe was has, had been running security companies across the world for more than 20 years. So number one, they came with the experience, they came with the funding, and then they also came with the networks and the contacts that would be able to help us break, break through. And that was in the year 2010. So in 2010, we did um, March uh, as, as, as the two security companies, and that's when we changed the names to Seneca East Africa. Initially, the business my father had started was known as Sentry and Patrols. Why I said this was a blessing and a curse at the same time, was that the blessing was that number one, we got to learn global standards in security service delivery. So that's one amazing thing. Number two is we had diversified our product uh, and our services portfolio. Initially, we were only offering uh, security guarding solutions in very few markets, but now the markets uh, and the sectors expanded. We now also started offering technology and technology that would be even remote visual monitoring and managing uh, accounts right here in Kenya, but you are able to manage and open and close doors all the way in Europe using various technologies. Um, again, we also, you know, took a step back as a family and didn't do the day-to-day -day running of the business. So some of us went to pursue other things. And at that time, I actually went to, uh, start and run another business uh, known as the Private Security Training Academy. Uh, I have a passion in HR, I have a passion in training. So what happened is at that time, I opted to go and start another company and we fully left Senaka to be run and managed by our new partners. Now, what went wrong is that within three years, the company was filing for bankruptcy. Uh, very sad, and this is because by virtue of having given up management and control, we were not really running the day-to-day -day business of security. But remember, some of the European or global concepts across the world, you cannot cut and paste them in Kenya or in an African country and expect the same results. So some of the concepts that were brought that were very, very expensive just never took off. And that resulted in very huge losses. And again, a lot of investments in terms of borrowings from the bank for these major mega projects that again, never picked. Um, really now indebted that we became uh, uh, cash flow strained. We could not be able to pay some of the liabilities like you know statutory deductions like taxes, could not pay staff on time. And within three years from 2010 to 2013, the company was supposed to file bankruptcy for bankruptcy. Uh, believe it or not, the then CEO, um, who was majority shareholder, actually he packed his bags uh, on a Sunday, sent a, a, a very simple email and just abandoned ship and took a flight back to his country. So here we are the locals with all these liabilities, the bank wants to auction you. The staff are so agitated, some of them are already going to court. You're dealing with auctioneers, you're dealing with debt. It, it became quite a headache. But what we did, and I think this is the strength where family businesses come in, is the resilience that it brings along. So we came back as a family and this time we came back, my father came back as a chairman, uh, my mother came back as uh, the general manager, I came back as the HR director. Uh, one of my sisters has a legal background, so she came also with that background. And my other sister, who was also in the business and had left, comes from a finance background as a chartered finance analyst. So we came together and engaged uh, services of various audit firms. One of the audit firms we got, which was a global body, actually told us, actually even sent a book, how to know when to give up. And virtually they were saying, that's it, just throw in the towel, this business cannot be saved. But one local audit firm who had seen us in the, the transition journey said there's something very unique in your family's understanding 
of how business and how security companies are run and how you treat your customers is very relational. Don't uh, call quits right now. So I actually normally accredit this, this uh, audit firm because when everybody else was saying give up and just move on, they are the ones who came and actually called us as a family and we sat a whole day and they said there is hope and you should be able to hold firm for six tough months, you can actually reverse the cycle. And so what happened is we actually just got back again together as a family and we developed a very simple, my background is also strategy. I did an MBA in strategy. And uh, again, combining all our skills, my mother is a very people-oriented person. My father is a very security-oriented person. My sister comes from that legal background and the other ones from finance. We got our minds together, together with an amazing management team that already knew the business before, during, and after this, this, this period. And we developed the business recovery plan. This is, uh, the business recovery plan is something we are very proud of because it's, it's now become a topic of discussion and we are called to many platforms and many family business uh, uh, associations and, 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 and meetings to be able to explain how is it that we recovered Seneca East Africa from a near bankruptcy status to fast forward who we are currently. Uh, and maybe I can just give you a few highlights of who Seneca East Africa currently is. So, we are a security company. We have other subsidiaries. We have the Private Security Training Academy. Remember what I'd mentioned earlier, which was the school we set up. And this school is very unique um, in the sense that our, our work actually transforms the security industry. This is a school that's tailored to be able to recruit, vet, and train various categories of security officers. And it gives security officers, number one, dignity. It gives them also a career progression plan that I can actually start today as a security guard. And in five years, I can actually end up being either an assistant manager and even a very senior manager in eight to 10 years. And we've seen it actually working in the market. We also have uh, other businesses in Uganda uh, a small security company known as Anchor Security and another one uh, also known as uh, Seneca Uganda. So the business has gone expanding and having other subsidiaries. Last year, uh, actually in the last two years, 2020 and 2019 alone, uh, Seneca won 10 awards. Um, and if I can just mention a few, is number one, uh, OSPAS, the OSPAS. I don't know if you've heard of the OSPAS. But I would say the Oscars in security are the equivalent of Hollywood's Oscars, Oscar Awards. So in December, we won the Outstanding Security Performance Awards, popularly known in the world as the Oscars, for all the three uh, company categories. So number one is best uh, contracted security company. The second is the best security technology company, and the third is the best security trainer. We were also nominated in the two other categories that were remaining that were for individuals, which is number one, uh, it went to another company, but we were the final uh, three shortlisted, myself actually, was for outstanding security director and also for outstanding security professional. We also won another award that is given by the Real Estate Excellence Award. So sorry, I forgot to mention. The OSPAs happen in, in 12 countries across the world. It was the first time that they were in Kenya last year. They operate in, uh, I believe in Nigeria, South Africa, but they actually started in the UK, Europe, US. Uh, so you find them in Germany, you find them in Australia and many other countries. So for us to win that award as a local, as an African company, it meant a lot because you can imagine the other companies that we're really up against are the big multinational security brands. Um, other than the OSPAs, we also won the Real Estate Excellence Awards, uh, particularly for as Manned Security Company of the Year. And prior to that, we had also won the year before the fastest growing security company in East Africa, the most promising security brand the most uh, the leading in gender diversity in security 
and uh, innovation, uh, the most innovative security brand. We are also recognized by UNICEF and an organization here in Kenya for private sector known as Kenya Private Sector Alliance for uh, setting up uh, gender diversity programs. So probably if time allows, I'll be able to highlight how as family businesses, we can also be able to bring up the issues of diversity. And I love the Phoenix Conference because this is women, uh, women centered on how to get as many women involved in family businesses and to also give room for growth. Um, so that is it in terms of the Seneca journey. And uh, as a family now, uh, that's the company. So as, as a family, uh, we along the way now also came to realize that part of the reasons that the company almost filed for bankruptcy, as I mentioned, between 2010 and 2013, was that number one, we just didn't know the role of directors, shareholders, managers, you know, we were doing everything. So we invested a lot in training, local and international training programs. Uh, of various natures and for each person in the board or rather all the family members involved. And one of the things we realized out of these trainings is that not everyone uh, should be running the business as a family member. Not everyone should be running the business, but who runs it? Who manages it and who, who oversees? And how is the interaction between family and business that does not compromise one for the other? So uh, we, we, we made very bold decisions. Number one is to we, we engaged uh, family business consultants. And, and out of this, the family business consultants were able to help us uh, work on very, very uh, clear demarcations. For example, developing the board charter, developing the family constitution, working on our wills and shareholder agreements, revising our memorandum and articles of association, setting up the family office or the family council, and also separating the emotions that sometimes can wreak havoc in a family business, separating it so that um, you, we also maintain the objectivity. Um, so those are just some of the things that we were able to do. We were able to get our family constitution. The family constitution is shared with direct family members and those ones who, for example, spouses and children so that they, they get to understand what is the level of interaction with the family business. We also uh, realized at this time that we were all too focused in one business and that is why we, we, we diversified. So along the way, we've started many other ventures, some in agriculture, some, we just started in December, a, a company for stitching uniforms known as Jadari Fashions. So we are also not just diversifying Seneca's uh, product portfolio and markets and expansion into East Africa. We've now also assigned other family members, new businesses to start and run in other areas. So there's, there's a lot more that is still happening. For example, this year, we are going to be able to actually, uh, next week we are doing our family or our, uh, our family audit and our board audit. So we get uh, we got uh, an inter a consultant, and the purpose of this consultant is to be able to check. Last year, we said we are going to be able to set up these uh, instruments. How far are we, and how effective are they? So we are going to audit the family as a standalone entity, and again audit the the business as another entity. Identify our gaps, and then be able to uh, chart out a way forward. We are also working on getting independent uh, uh, board members who will also come to the family business to be able to add us insight so that we are not also very, I, I would call it incestuous with our decision-making processes. So we want to get still people who are experts in various security arrangements. We want to get um, experts also an independent advisor in terms of um, technology because technology is taking over the world and we, security needs to prepare for the world of artificial intelligence. And we also want to bring in somebody uh, from a financial background to also do the, 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 the audits uh, from a financial perspective. We are also working with investors and potential investors. We were initially very shy. So we only used to do 
um, bank loans and probably overdrafts. But the business has been growing and is demanding growth and uh, we are no longer able to finance that. And the cost of debt in Kenya is very high. I don't know how it is in Nigeria, Zimbabwe and all these other countries. But now we are starting to attract investors. Uh, but also remember, because we have been once bitten, twice shy, we are also bringing it in a very modest uh, way. Uh, I'm also happy that uh, not only ourselves, but our entire management team is doing the Stanford Seed uh, Transformation Program. We are one of the companies that uh, qualified for this uh, training program that's offered by Stanford Graduate Business School. And it has really transformed us right from board level uh, all the way to management and operational level. So these are some of the changes that uh, we are already, uh, we have started and those ones that we are embarking on. So back to you, Nike. Thank you so much, Annette, for an incredible session where you walked us through your journey personally, as well as that of your family. Uh, we're very honored to have you here. I think to kick off the question and answer section, the first question that I would want to know is, what has your experience been um, being a, a woman in the family business and also being a potential successor as a woman in the family business? And as a family, how have you embraced uh, that diversity of having um, successors that could be male and female? Okay. Uh, an amazing question. So I have a double-edged challenge uh, or rather opportunity as a female. Um, so in my family, we are three girls. So when I grew up, I want to really uh, accredit and give a, a, a lot of love to my father because when we grew as girls, I don't know if he forgot that he didn't have a boy, but he never made us as many other African families made you make you feel insufficient when we do, you don't have a boy. So for some reason, he would still ask us to fix the light bulbs. He would still ask you to help him repair the car. And he prepared us for that industry. I remember when I finished university and I got a job elsewhere, he asked me, so I pay you all this school fees so you can go and benefit the world. You come and work with me here in security. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I always laugh because as I said earlier, um, when I was growing up, it wasn't the ideal career. So my father still jokes with me nowadays when he said, I asked you to be a policewoman, now look, you're a watchman. So, and then I joke that, yeah, I'm one of the best trained watchmen in the game or watch ladies in the game. So one is my father never really uh, showed us that being a woman means that you're less. And I do hope that the mothers and the fathers in this room actually wake up and tell their daughters to wake up and actually be electrical engineers, to be soldiers. Because if many do that, I, I don't think my children are limited in any way by virtue of even just seeing how their grandfather treats uh, the, the women in his life. And his passion for gender diversity is, is a passion that he not only carries within the company, but actually across the industry. So I'll tell you the truth. I didn't struggle much being a woman in a family business because my father as the founder had the support. My mother is also very, very supportive. And my sisters, because we are spaced out in age, automatically I started faster in the business. I think a clash would come when you're almost the same ages. So slowly everyone will transition into the business, start as an intern, then work your way up. Uh, that did not really present problems within my family, but I remember uh, some relatives, some distant relatives asking my father, you have set up a woman at that time was my mom. You have set up a woman to run your own business. What kind of a man are you, you know? And, you know, he likes to say fast forward to 2020. Seneca is one of the leading security companies across East Africa. And he, he actually says he wouldn't have done it without the support that he also got from the women. And, 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 and actually from his family and the ladies. So yes, we have gotten a, a quite some ridicule from uh, the extended family, but time has proven otherwise. So time has otherwise and along the way, you know, it, it's, it's not only been an inspiration to us, right now I've seen so many security companies are starting 
And they come to my dad and they also come to me for me to be able to either talk to their sons or their daughters on how to work out the ropes within the industry. I, I actually faced the biggest hurdle city in, in, in the industry. Number one is I have been very tiny all my life. Maybe Zoom might make me look a little big. And yes, I'm, I'm older with several babies. So I've added some nice kilos. But back then I was really tiny. And you can tell with my voice, I don't have that security voice. Huh? It needs to be commanding and deep. And this is my voice. So I often have the habit of going, I mean, I often face this when I go to meetings and uh, our general manager, I like to joke, he's very big and uh, he's ex-police. So he carries the presence. So most often they always tell him, uh, good, mo good morning, Madam MD, I mean, Mr. MD. And they think I'm his secretary or something by virtue of my, my smaller frame. Um, but of course, five minutes into the... I think we have lost Annette there briefly and um, I think she'll rejoin us as, um, shortly. While we're just waiting for her to reconnect, I'd like to invite you all to um, put through any questions that you think um, you would like to pose for Annette. Sorry, Annette, we'd lost you oh. there. Hi, yes, I think we got you back now. So where, where did I lose you? Uh, you lost us when you were talking about uh, five minutes into the meeting. Ah, all right. So five, five minutes into the meeting, of course, um, there's a whole change of uh, attitude because, as I mentioned, Senaka is, is now a well-respected brand competing with the bigger multinational brands. And, you know, now the correlations. So I no longer face that uh, that much. But I was the first uh, woman to be on uh, the, the biggest security industry association board, the first woman. And when I, when I went to that board, uh, most of the owners are founders and my father's age. So they actually thought I would make a very good secretary. And you know the usual, you do the minutes, you run after tea and the likes. And you can imagine if they were my age mates and my peers, it would have been easier to tell them that hey, I'm not gonna do this for too long. But these are my dads. And actually one of the other board members was my father because he was representing a different association. So if he sends me for tea, I'll not say no to dad, but how would I say no to my chairman again as, at the company? So uh, for the first three or so months, I was a bit quiet. Uh, and then uh, three months into that, I also mentioned that I have a lot to contribute and there's no way I'm also going to be able to contribute if I'm running after printing papers and uh, finding out if the tea and sugar is just right for everybody. And I've been in that board, I think I've served uh, the longest, which is now six years. And uh, the value of also my contributions have not only impacted uh, uh, th that association, but also across the industry. So maybe just as a mention of some of the diversity things that we brought up as a result of the challenges is, number one, Seneca introduced the lactation station. We are the first security company in Kenya to uh, start a breastfeeding room. Uh, secondly, we are the first security company to start maternity wear for our female security officers. So you can imagine, Titi, I don't know how it happens in Zimbabwe when a security officer is pregnant. Uh, chances are they're told to go home, right? They're told, you know, you, you, you go home until you are okay. Like you're not okay when you're pregnant. Uh, that's when you come back. Uh, so we started uh, maternity wear to be able to give our expectant ladies decency. And we also started talking to our customers that yes, she might not be able to work at the front gate, but she can work in the reception. She can also work what we call back office uh, roles. And out of that, we do not send home any expectant security officer within Senaka. And this is something that's now being picked as a practice, even in the industry. And I was so proud um, that it was introduced uh, as, as a, one of the draft regulations because soon security will be regulated. It was one of the regulations that was picked by the regulator that every security company in Kenya must have maternity wear. So along the way, we've continued uh, impacting uh, on areas of gender diversity. We moved from in 2016, when we measured our gender representation, we were at 5% uh, women in the entire company. 
uh, right up to last year, 2020, we moved that bracket to head office. We are now at 24%. And within the, the guard force, as, as we call it, within the guard force, which is thousands and thousands of officers, we are now at 18%. If it wasn't for COVID, because uh, because of COVID, as I mentioned earlier, we lost significant business. And unfortunately, during this time, security officers who are female are amongst the first people that our client will reduce. It's unfortunate. So we had targeted to move that up to 23%, but we were unsuccessful and remained at 18% for two years. But again, it is the deliberate plan to be able to move that, that number even wider. So I don't know if I've answered you, but yes, it wasn't it wasn't easy. Um, but when you have support from your family level, when you have support from your organization level, because I work with an, with an amazing team of managers and support team who will always be like, yes, madam, we can do it. And when you work with also a supportive industry that is ready to change, you actually realize that along the way you impact more. And I'm so proud that nowadays a good number of security companies are now family businesses. So we've just not impacted on the gender space. We are also inspiring more family businesses and more men to bring their girls to work in the security companies. Excellent, thank you. Um, you've, your story has highlighted um, alongside a number of the ladies that have shared their stories, the importance of male allies for daughters and wives in, um, of family businesses. Um, it's a consistent theme. Um, where you know ladies was, that have flourished in family businesses will say, my dad never looked at me like I was less than a man. Um, he supported me and pushed me, and um, it's really um, it's really lovely to hear your story. Um, I'm intrigued as to the role your mother played in the family business and in the family. Um, just to unpack more about that, please. Okay, uh, so my mom is a co-founder of the business. When my father started the first security company, he invested all his money. By the time he was starting the second company, he had run out of that money. So who saved uh, his mom? Mom's savings uh, saved the day, and that's how we were able to. He was she was able to contribute, and we started this other other business. Initially, she worked with the government and continued to work with the government for a while. And then when the business now got big and started overwhelming uh, dad, that's when I came in and later on, she also came in and, and uh, uh, was working as the general manager. She had worked for many years with government in the sales and marketing department. And she has very, very powerful people skills. She's not just a mother to me. She actually, I think mothers, the rest of everyone else, including a few clients. Uh, mom is the type who, a client actually has a marital problem and they call me, where's your mom? I'm looking for your mom, you know? <laughs> so she's more like an industry mother and, and her biggest strength is her, her love and passion for God and her love and passion for people. So she's always been the one who always brings people together, uh, is, is really focused on people developing within the organization. And she is also the family jail, you know, the, the check and balance uh in the family business she's always the one who's going to say no and it's always good to say to have the person who says no in any aggressive business plan because because some of us my father and i have very big ambitious plans and my father my mom is the one who will always say can i see the figures can i see the business plan does this actually make sense so right now she's the group ceo and the group ceo is because we have a total of nine companies now including the two recent ones that we opened. So she's able to oversee them from a higher level, but does not really get involved in the day-to-day -day running. Uh, she continues to be that, uh, we call her prayer warrior and people blender. And um, the family spirit, because actually one of the values that we have as a company is the family spirit, is something she's keen on. So she's the person who will ask, so you've achieved all these business goals. You've achieved all these financial goals. How many family events did you have? How many families, uh, how many people actually went on leave because we had a disease in the company where people just never went on leave even when you give them permission. And that is because for some reason they love the work too much. And she would still ask, 
how are these people taking care of their families if they are not resting? So her role has been the motherly role within the business and also my check and balance. And if I may say my chief whip from childhood to date. Yeah. Incredible. And just as a follow-up to your experience going forward, what is the future? You said that you are now working on family constitution or you've worked on your family constitution and you're still working on various ways of keeping the family together as well as um, keeping the business growing and as well as diversifying as a family. What is the future? What do you see your next gens um, going into looking at growing as? Because from the description you've given us, your family has managed to grow within not only the security industry, but as a family, as an entrepreneurial family, and you're growing that legacy that's going into multi-generations. So the next, the next five years, if I may just say some of our, our goals for the next five years is number one, uh, we want the highest levels of international accreditation. We are in a field which is highly regulated now, not just locally, but internationally. So I'll give you an, an, an example of aviation security, which is our biggest, uh, one of our biggest market segments. The standards and the certifications are not local. So we want to be that company that says global best practice delivered locally. We want to bring the best of global standards, which is a practice we actually do. We bring the best trainers, the best auditors from all over the world. And we want to learn from them and we want to practice it ourselves. Uh, we also want to expand to five other countries. Uh, so we are currently in Kenya and Uganda. We were to move to Tanzania last year, but because of the COVID challenges, we had to hold back on that. Uh, it would be amazing to follow, uh, to come closer to UTC somewhere in the Southern African region. So we want to expand to five other countries as Seneca East Africa. We are also diversifying into other di uh, different businesses and particularly on the area of technology, as I mentioned earlier, and artificial intelligence. It's something we know is gonna take up the future and the future space of Africa generally. But are there unique security solutions, African made for Africa, even by Africans that we can be able to start uh, developing? So that's a major focus uh, within the business. Um, we also have, um, you know, we've been, uh, we, we want to build what we call a Seneca Innovation Center or rather a, a Seneca Tech Hub. So we want the region to have a leading digital forensics lab. Now, I'm not, I know I'm speaking security tech, <laughs> uh, but in Kenya, the only people who are doing digital forensics is the government and rather the police. Uh, but they are so overwhelmed. So what happens is when corporate organizations have uh, digital forensic uh, investigation cases, they just die out because uh, the team is also overworked in the police force. And that's why sec private security comes in. We come in to complement what already the national security forces are doing and want to be the first one to be able to set up a digital, uh, digital security or rather digital forensics uh, lab. So a lot more businesses widening in terms of uh, security within the security fraternity. A few other businesses outside. We're already working on our succession plan. As I mentioned, uh, remember I had mentioned that I always am in the company of our general manager. So I'm already preparing my successor who is a non-family member because we did our own assessments and not, as I mentioned, not everybody is interested in leading there are other people who want to take a, a different seat, uh, either as a director or strictly as a shareholder. And now, uh, when we looked within us, we are a small, we are, we are, we are a small family. The, the next successor is going to be most likely an unfamily member. So I've been working on my succession plan so that if I go and set up another Seneca in another country, the parent company is not, is not going to die. We are also working at getting independent uh, board members uh, again, to be able to just have a different view and a different perspective as to some of the amazing ideas we have. Some of them need to be shot down and shot down by someone who has no emotions, has nothing to lose, um, so that we never again make some of the mistakes we made in the past. So in terms of the business, that's the direction. 
in terms of the family, uh, our first generation mom and dad have also made very clear indications that they do want to retire and they want to take a back seat. So they are currently also in their succession planning uh, uh, of us as, as directors. Uh, we've also set up a family office and a family council, uh, which now takes care of the family interest within the organization, within, sorry, the family. And even in that includes a lot of training and development programs for the family members who also want to go and do other things. Uh, so uh, uh, in, in a lump sum, that, that, that's it. And as I mentioned, we are being uh, audited uh, next week. Uh, we've engaged an auditor and we want to see, are we on the right path? Is there anything that we can be able to adjust so that as we launch our strategic plan for the next five years, these measures are very clear. You're on mute, Nike. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I was just on mute myself now. <laughs> um, and that, honestly, thank you so much for sharing your story, um, sharing your, not just your triumphs, but your trials as a family. Um, it's been a story of resilience, a story of um, strength, of vision, expansion, and not just that, also being true to your family values. And um, yeah, it's just been extremely extremely beneficial to have you here today. We're really grateful for that. Um, should anyone wish to get in touch with you, how best can they reach you? Um, so I'll be able to put in my, 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 my contacts in the chat box. Um, so my email address is annette.kimite at sanakawal.com. I know that's long, so I'll probably just type it in. Um, and uh, I think the, the, the easiest way is email and include your telephone number and we're able to uh, reach you there. I'm also available on WhatsApp, um, so I can also be reached via WhatsApp. Okay. Yeah. I'll just give you a couple of minutes to do that. And for everyone else, thank you for joining. Um, we're about to have our last session. Very sad that we're coming to conclude this um, Phoenix conference, um, but we'd love for you to join us in our last session, which will be a panel discussion on the future of family business. So please um, join us on the last Zoom link for the day.